This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. Let's revisit our lead story from yesterday. Last Friday, the Metro Vancouver Board voted 84-50 in support of accelerating a faster move away from fossil fuels. Now, the original recommendations were advocated by the City of Richmond and endorsed by uh, Metro Vancouver uh, staff. Now, the vote includes asking the B.C. government to enact legislation to speed up the transition away from natural gas. Now, Fortis B.C. asked Metro Vancouver to reject some of those recommendations for a quicker move away from fossil fuels. The move was also not supported by various business associations who also rode in uh, to Metro Vancouver. Yesterday, Richmond Mayor Malcolm Brody was on this show and asked, uh, when we asked him why local governments should focus um, on uh, natural gas and climate change, and some would argue climate change policy should be left to senior levels of government. Take a listen. I think it's the responsibility of all the uh, parties uh, in government, whether you're at the local, provincial, or federal level, Uh, At the Metro Vancouver level, uh, we have the Climate 2050 Energy Roadmap, and really what we're advocating here is to follow that roadmap but do it at a quicker pace. That was Richmond Mayor uh, Malcolm Brody, and as I said, his community brought forward the motion uh, originally. Joining me now is Doug Slater, Vice President of Indigenous Relations and Regulatory Affairs at Fortis, BC. Mr. Slater, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, Jazz. It's a big story, uh, and uh, quite frankly, I don't think it's got received a lot of coverage, this vote uh, from Friday. Walk me through why Fortis BC is concerned uh, by what this vote represents broadly. Yeah, and to be clear, to start off, we're not seeking to slow climate action at all. What we are concerned about is that the motion that was brought to the Metro Vancouver board last week uh, will seek to limit uh, renewable natural gas and hydrogen, and we think that will slow climate action uh, decrease affordability for our customers and take important climate tools off our, off our belt. Um, we, you know, we think that these policies and those that come in the form of, of gas bans are frankly misguided. Mm-hmm. And, and look, when, when coal-fired power became a problem for electric grids, they didn't cut the wires to your home. Instead, they changed how they make the power. And, you know, that's really the same transition that the gas system's undergoing. Mm -hmm. We don't need to cut any gas lines. We simply need to change what's going through them. And that's exactly what we're doing at Fortis BC. You know, we've been investing for over a decade in renewable natural gas, energy efficiency measures, and low-carbon transportation, and and making quite a bit of progress. Last year, we announced uh, almost uh, 800,000 tonnes of avoided CO2 equivalent annually about 238,000 gasoline cars off the road, so some pretty incredible progress. What is the difference between natural gas and renewable natural gas? Well, renewable natural gas is gas that's made from decaying organic matter. That could come from a number of different sources like food waste, wastewater treatment facilities, farm waste, or decaying organic matter that's trapped in landfills. And we collect that gas, um, and that gas is already part of the natural carbon cycle. That means that it doesn't add new carbon to the atmosphere when it's combusted. And when we inject that renewable natural gas into our system and use that instead of conventional natural gas or fossil fuels, we reduce emissions. 
And one of the best things about it is that renewable natural gas is a drop-in replacement. That means that it can be used in our existing system without changes in place of fossil fuels. And so it represents one of the quickest ways that we can help our customers take climate action and reduce emissions. Mm -hmm. Uh, We had Andrew Weaver on the show a couple of days ago. We were talking about July being the hottest month potentially uh, ever uh, in, since recorded time uh, in regards to weather. It's been very warm. We all know what the wildfires here in British Columbia, across Canada, are around the world, and heat waves as well. Uh, Mr. Brody yesterday says, look, we have to, you know, really make an effort here, redouble our efforts in some cases to deal with climate change. And that means making bold steps. And that means, yes, eventually bringing in legislation, hopefully to wean society off fossil fuels. Um, what do you say to that argument that, look, we have to make big leaps here. We cannot do make, you know, do this in, in small steps. We have to make the big leap. And that is meaning getting rid of or certainly our use of natural gas. Well, look, we're, we're all concerned about the impacts of the changing climate. There's just no doubt about that. And that's why the work that we're doing to advance, you know, climate uh, solutions like renewable natural gas to displace, uh, you know, conventional nat- natural gas is so important. Um, but, you know, our customers, Jazz, they want transition, not disruption. And so we have to make smart choices about how we're decarbonizing and how we're setting our energy systems up for the future. And, you know, it's really important. Like the, today, the gas system plays an incredibly important role in helping us meet uh, peak winter demand. Um, you know, last year on December 22nd, when it was extremely cold all across B.C., mm-hmm. the gas system provided about two thirds of the energy needs of B.C.'s homes and businesses. So, it, you know, it clearly um, this is going to take some time. And, um, you know, I would just add that, you know, there's not an abundance of, of any type of energy to replace, uh, you know, natural gas today. It's going to take some time and we're going to need to do that with you know, different forms of energy like renewable natural gas and electricity, for example. Now, when you you, you mentioned renewable natural gas compared to traditional natural gas, which generally burns 45% cleaner than coal, but it is still a fossil fuel. But now when you are delivering that renewable natural gas, which you did a good job describing there, is it mixed with natural gas as well, uh, conventional natural gas for delivery? Yeah, sure. So when when we put when we blend renewable natural gas onto our system, it mixes with all the other gas that's on the system. Mm-hmm. Um, and the more renewable gas we blend onto our system, the less fossil fuel that we need to our, our conventional gas that we bring on the system. And and that that mixing is is really no different than how it happens on electric system. Uh, the wires that carry hydroelectric power in BC also carry power made from fossil fuels. And, you know, at low, low water periods like we're experiencing right, right now, we rely on supply from outside of BC, including uh, from fossil sources. So, but the, the important part is that utilities and energy producers are working pretty hard to change that across gas and electric systems and bringing on lower carbon uh, sources of energy. Mm-hmm. Now, now, many people have said, look, with Site C coming on, we need to continue to f- move towards cleaner uh, energy sources. Uh, but one would argue also that Site C, with the use of electric vehicles and the demand for power and our population growing, uh, that that won't be enough. There's already been talk that we need a lot more uh, electric power. Uh, I mean, from what you're saying, and one would look at some of the, the basic facts, that walking away from natural gas isn't going to happen, uh, you know, in, in still decades away from when we can actually walk away from natural gas. 
Yeah, it's going to take some time. And, uh, you know, that doesn't mean that, um, you know, we, we do need to take action. And, and uh, you know, we have been answering the urgent need to, uh, to take climate action by bringing on uh, increasing amounts of renewable gas onto our system. You know, in the last, uh, you know, about four or five years, mm-hmm. uh, we've increased our supply from its sort of very beginning stages to where, where now we have 10% of our supply under, under um, uh, contract. To put that into perspective, that's about the same energy provided on an annual basis as uh, Site C. And so, you know, it can happen fairly quickly. But again, you know, these things will take some time and, uh, you know, we just need to keep working at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Sato, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. You betcha. Thanks for having me on, Jess.